This episode of Locked on White Sox is brought to you by our friends at Locker Room. Download the Locker Room app from the iOS App Store and find one of our Locked on Rooms, Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. White Sox! White Sox! Go! 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 go. Dynamic duo of Herb Lawrence and Chris Tannehill. Those two are like a tag team, you know? Come with me to Southside of Chicago. Hi, this is Jim Tomey, and the best White Sox talk is on Locked On Sox Podcast with Tanny and Herb. Hello and welcome back to Locked On Sox. My name is Herb Lawrence, EcknerWall23 on Twitter. Chris Tannehill is at Chris Tannehill. Locked on Socks the way you follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Go there and subscribe. Maybe hit the notifications bell. You can be a winner of a Locked on Socks prize pack. It is Harold Baines. No, sorry. Yeah, Harold Baines, AJ Brzezinski, Mark Burley, Jorge Orta, Bo Jackson, Carlton Fisk, and Tim Anderson. 312-566-8727 to leave us a voice message. And then it is LockedOnSocks at gmail.com. Man. For the second time in history, Chris, Chicago's on fire. And we all know why. No, not that reason. Forget that guy. It's because Dylan Cease. How are you doing tonight? Oh, I'm doing, doing great, Herbie. Uh, we'll get to that other thing, too, I think, in this broadcast. But is episode 223, 223 of Lockdown and White Sox, game two of the split bill with the Tigers. And, oh, yeah, the Sox won that one, too. The White Sox win. Print the banner. Line up the parade. Michigan Avenue on the Studge Turkle Bridge, Division Street. Let's go. As you said, Herbie, it was a very exciting night on the south side uh, for everyone involved. But... Uh, you know, not many had a better night. Uh, you, Bears fans may say they had a good night. The White Sox offense may say they had a good night, but no one had a better night than Dylan Cease. As a matter of fact, he one-ups Carlos Rodon, who was amazing in, in, in game one of the doubleheader. Dylan Cease follows up with game two, a complete game. That's right. We we don't have to debate the validity of, uh, is this a, a true complete game? A seven-inning complete game? Oh, I'm clutching my pearls right now as we speak. Uh, my, my monocle has fallen out into my martini talking about such a thing. Uh, you know, blaspheme, calling it a complete game. But that's what Dylan Cease provides on the south side in game two as the White Sox uh, sweep the doubleheader from the Tigers today, eleven to nothing. Goose egg for Detroit uh, in that second game. Dylan Cease goes the distance, seven innings, gives up just three hits, no runs, no walks. Oh my God, that's the most impressive thing for me. I think is the no walks, striking out nine, and he lowers his earned run average. Dylan Cease does to two point nine six. Now full disclosure. We had one eye on the NFL draft and the other eye on the Sox game, but uh, what did you see from Dylan Cease tonight uh, compared to what we saw in his last outing where we really gave him a rough ride and we were at our wits end with Dylan Cease? What was the difference that you saw tonight, Herb? Command and like some some fuck it. That 12 (laughs) to 6 was mm, like we asked for that where he was facing off against Dane Dunning. And this, I think that was his last start. So we're like, hey, you should feel like I was the right person they chose, and they chose me because I'm the better pitcher, Dane, and I'm going to show you that. And they staked them to that five-run lead, and they gave it right back. 
today they stuck him to I think a four nothing lead, but before that the guy was just on fire. He was taking control of the pitch count. As we were talking about Carlos Rodon did in the first game, Dylan got in front of hitters. He was in command with his fastball. His twelve to six was absolutely filthy. He faced twenty four batters. He pitched first he threw sixteen first pitch strikes. Amazing. Huge. We talked about that with Carlos. Like that's the one thing that I, I track that a lot. Are you getting ahead of hitters, especially with, with guys with issues with stuff and command? Getting mm-hmm. ahead so important. Yeah, and and uh, and all you people talking, it's the Tigers. That's a major league team over there that beat us on Monday. I don't give a goddamn. And you've seen Dylan C's go against other teams where you're like, oh man, he didn't play well. The damn Rangers. So give the man his credit. He came out with a purpose and executed. The most beautiful thing I've seen from him. 91 pitches tonight, 66 for strikes. That is confidence in what you're throwing. And as much as we talked about what Carlos Rodon striking out 12 in the in the earlier game, I think this was even more impressive game. Much more impressive. Not just because of where this guy has come from, but he was more dominant. I believe he had, even though Carlos Rodon had 12 strikeouts and Dylan only had nine, I think Dylan just took control of this game from start to finish, only allowing three hits, pretty much soft contact. The guy is, if he's this, man, the sky's the limit. We've been waiting for this, this potential to be unlocked, and maybe maybe he can feel some confidence that, hey, if I throw it over the plate, they ain't hitting it. They can't fuck with me <laughs> when I'm on me, so let's do me. So Dylan Seas gets himself 16 swing and misses in game two of that of that doubleheader and it, easily his best start uh, in his White Sox career. And this is what I knew he could be. Now, whether or not he can sustain it, that's a, that's another question, and we'll, we'll have to wait and see till the next start. But, you know, he, he got it, got this victory tonight by using that four-seam fastball, just like with Rodon, setting up everything else. And he had a nice mix of the slider, uh, they call it the knuckle curve and the changeup. That that curveball, you like you said, that Uncle Charlie, it was like the Bugs Bunny curveball there. That twelve six was on point tonight, uh, throwing it uh, with with a higher revolution rate. Uh, you talk about your know, spin rate; it was is higher than the major league average, way higher than the major league average. He was spinning it at a high rate and just doing an amazing job. You know, mixing in all the pitches. But throwing them for strikes, too, which is another thing. When you can get that breaking ball over inside the zone for a strike and you're not you know, banking on a guy to, to, to fish for it, that really changes the game for a guy like Dylan Cease. When you can throw those pitches for strikes in the zone, that's a game changer right there. And that's the guy who we all thought the White Sox were, were getting when they traded uh, you know, uh, Jose Quintana. Uh, for for Dylan season, Eloy Jimenez. This is the guy that we all knew he could be. Now we just got to build on that and, and work from it. And like you said, Tiger's not a world-beating offense, no doubt. But you're talking about a team that just lost the first game of a doubleheader. And there was a little bit of uh, some, some emotions, you know, a little bit of gamesmanship that we didn't really talk about with that game getting washed away. But after Tuesday night's game, it was revealed that Nick Madrigal was – 
uh, sort of was snitching was was he like it, it was kind of weird the way this thing played out. Like Miguel Cabrera does his pre- pregame Zoom yesterday, and he's uh-huh. talking about oh, hey, Nick Madrigal, you know, said that you know we were stealing signs from second base. So I don't know how Miguel Cabrera would find that out. I don't know this like this reeks to me of like you know in the in the moment in the field of play, uh, Nicky Two Strikes is is yelling out, "They're stealing!" Like I don't know <laughs> like how that happens. Stop like, cheating, guys! <laughs> yeah, I don't understand like how the opposing team would know. You know, it, it, anyway. So you're talking about a team that had a little extra juice coming into this double header, and when you put a team away in Game One, it's very hard to take both games, and the White Sox have have done it now. To twice after doing it to Boston. So, yeah, I don't want to hear that either about this this lineup what was a weak lineup because you still got uh, some decent hitters there. But ultimately, when you have the command that Dylan Cease had, uh, it doesn't matter who you're facing out there. It, it did seem like he was pitching at a little better pace. You know, he was doing less thinking in between pitches, a lot less uh, searching for answers and just trusting his stuff, getting it and throwing it, which is, which is a huge thing. And, you know... I, this is something we talked about last time, but you know, just I don't know if it, if it made a difference back there uh, in, in game two where he was able to to throw to Grandal. You know, it's it's a weird thing. Like we're we're still trying to find out what the best combination is for Dylan Cease, but you'd have to see Grandal out there next time now. To you know, but I don't think anyone back there it wouldn't have mattered uh, who was framing back there for Dylan Cease in Game Two because he was just that damn good. And I, and I hope he can build on that. And you look out, man. Like you know, you can withstand some of the lineups that Tony's rolling out there and the, and the lineups that Rick Hahn's providing for him to throw out there if you're getting outings like this from Dylan Cease. This is the wild card. I talked about it in the last show. What's the trajectory for the White Sox to win the Central and get deep into the postseason? It's a guy like Dylan Cease taking that next step and having a career year. You know, So this is an encouraging sign. We've waited for it for a long time, and I got tired of being on this show talking about I still believe in Dylan Cease. I still think it's coming. You're the holdout. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it, it it's it feels good to finally see here. Here's what it looks like. So you now you know it exists. So now the question is, can he build on it? Because it's kind of wild to think that this is his best start in a White Sox uniform. Yeah, it, it just um, it's it's like about time. Like I yeah. know that he has not pitched a full major league f- f- uh, baseball season, not at all, and so. My patience or impatience is maybe a little uh, hasty, and you know I'm like to be that. But you see, so many times he has the stuff, and he's not competing. He's not out there utilizing what he has, and it's mostly because it's stuff in between the ears, which can be the hardest thing to get through. You know, the injuries are one thing, but if it's not in your mind and it's not in your confidence, it's hard to get over that. And I'm. It's, you know, when somebody is struggling uh, shooting baskets on an NBA court, they usually say, you know, it's really good to see one go through. And then you're like, okay, I got it. Now my stroke is right. Same thing for a hitter. You know, if you get a bleeding eye, uh, was it bleeding eye single? Is that what they call it? Seeing eye single, yeah. Seeing eye single, bleeding eye single, bleeding eye liberal. Uh, (laughs) A seeing eye single, and, you know, you've been hitting rocket shots right at people. Once you get that that CNI single, you're like, oh, yeah, okay, and now you're ready. And that's what I think Dylan needs is like, okay, these are major league hitters. I dominate them tonight. I could do that again. Who's next? 
That's what I wanted him to feel. Like he lays his head on the pillow. Is like, God damn, I want to go to the mound tomorrow. <laughs> Who's next? I got anybody. There's nothing better than when you see the 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 light bulb go on for a starting pitcher. That and you remember that that breakthrough start that they have, where it's just like, oh, they're starting to figure it out out there. You know what I mean? Because oftentimes one follows the, the 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 previous one, right? So you think that he's going to be able to build on this. Doesn't always happen, but when a pitcher is right and and finally unlocks their fullest potential, you remember you can go back to that first start and you're like, oh, this is where it clicked right here. This Tiger start for Dylan Cease, and I hope it's a sign of things to come for Dylan Cease. And I don't see why uh, it can't be because he's certainly has uh, the stuff and he's got the right makeup and he's got a great support system here to make it work. And he can follow Carlos Rodon's example uh, in, in terms of the program, in terms of trusting yourself and your stuff. And uh, it's a beautiful thing for Dylan Cease, who gets the complete game victory in game two of the doubleheader. Uh, but the bats showed up in, in game two of the doubleheader, and we'll talk about those bats and a big night from a couple of usual suspects next here on Locked on White Sox. This episode of Locked on White Sox is brought to you by our new friends at Sports Trade. Have you guys heard about Sports Trade? No, it's where fantasy sports meets the stock market. This is amazing. Sports Trade takes fantasy to the next level. It's like Robin Hood for fantasy sports. Their platform allows you to buy and sell shares in your favorite players just like real stocks. Finally, it's a fair and exciting way to cash in on your knowledge of sports and they just added baseball to the platform. So check out Sports Trade today. Making money with Sports Trade is simple as player values rise and fall based on two factors. One, their statistical performance in each game as compared to their projected fantasy points of the game. The more points scored, the higher their value goes. Two, Good old supply and demand, baby. The more demand a player has, the higher their value goes. Starting to see how this works here a little bit? When you're ready to buy shares, you pick the penny stock in a rookie with huge upside or grab that blue chip vet who's always a solid performer. Instantly buy and sell as many shares in as many players as you like, just like the stock market. Then watch your players battle and your portfolio value rise. Simply go to sportstrade.com and watch the How It Works video and then sign up to get started. Sign up today at sportstrade.com and discover the fun and exciting and profitable new world of sports trading. Sports trade. This is truly the evolution of fantasy sports. You'll be amazed. Don't sit on the sidelines any longer. Get in the game at sportstrade.com. This episode of Locked on White Sox is brought to you by our new friends, a new sponsor. Welcome on into the show, 1010, a capsule collection of diamond rings that are responsibly sourced, limited edition designs at fair price points. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 creative styles of diamond rings designed by the 10 most distinctive designers working today. Rings sure to bring joy into her life. Using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 female design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful ring, ideal for engagement, Mother's Day, or simply a beautiful conversation piece. They're the perfect way to bring light into her life, and she deserves it, doesn't she, folks? They're available now through Mother's Day only, only at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Search the words 10 by 10. This collection features high-quality fine jewelry that will surprise and delight, and they're fairly priced so you can give her something special and truly meaningful. I'm on BlueNile.com right now, and one design that stuck out to me is number five, Lola Fenhurst. This designer out of Paris has crafted a quiet yet luxurious ring with beautiful ascending beads, which is a good metaphor for a union. You can purchase that ring at a 10 by 10 collection now at BlueNile.com. That's the number five, Lola Fenhurst out of Paris. 
If you're on the hunt for the perfect unique ring she'll treasure forever, you're definitely going to want to check this out. They won't be around for long, so find them now by searching the words 10 by 10 only at BlueNile.com. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so it was an electric night at the ballpark, and I, I do want to point this out before we move on to talk about the offense tonight for the White Sox, who uh, who pounded out 11 runs against Tiger pitching. Uh, Matthew Boyd started the game but left due to injury, and the White Sox feasted uh, on a bad bullpen. We talked to Chris Castellani about this bullpen uh, and how it was going to be a bit of a rough ride, uh, but and the Sox they were able to come through. But uh, this is just a, a cool moment, and odds are if you're listening to this game, you're, you're a Chicagoan, you're a, you're a Bears fan, and we're not going to all of a sudden turn into Locked On Bears. You can check out that show. But the way Jason – Cox uh, hosted that one. Yeah, the way Jason Benetti and Steve Stone uh, were able to to weave in uh, this this stuff here during the game, as I had one eye on the NFL draft. Uh, it, it's why we love sports. I know we have some multi-sport fans watching our telecast, so I'm sure it's a very exciting moment for a lot of uh, crossover fans who may be interested in the NFL draft too tonight. But the Bears have traded up. Yes. <laughs> It is indeed a Buckeye in the Bears' future. It's a lot of clapping going on at the ballpark. You think they're exhorting Dylan Cease to strike out Badu? I think it's about Fields. Really? I think it might be. <laughs> it might be for Cease. It might be both. Inside, three balls, two strikes. It's subsided, so I have to assume it's about Dylan. But yeah, no, no, no. If you're looking at your phone and you're cheering, <laughs> it's Justin Fields. <laughs> it's Justin wow. Fields. Wow. Love it. Just random high fives at the ballpark in April. Yep. Justin Fields. It's reverberating through the crowd. This is one of the things, like I said, it's why we love sports, and it's you know one of those moments that you share with 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 fans, strangers. Like we're back to a point now where you can be in a in a live setting, like a ball game or just any type of, of event. Usually, it's outdoor event, but you know you, you have a common bond with, with with someone over sports. And I just thought that was really cool. I was watching the draft. I sort of had like. You know, my my daughter was like, you know, trying to show me a video on her tablet. So I like, I had like the NFL draft on the big TV. The socks were on my phone, and the volume was pretty much low on both of them. But I saw the the uh, the Bears make a trade. All of a sudden, they pop up uh, on on NFL Network, and it shows that they're on the clock. And then I, I hear you know Benetti and Stone doing a great job of of knowing that we can multitask we're smart enough and uh, there's you know there, there's two guys at the top of their game and Stoney's uh, football analysis is second to none folks let's not get it twisted it is you know his evaluation there uh, was just amazing but I thought that was a pretty cool moment I don't know how you consumed it but you know just to keep your audience in the loop of what's going on knowing uh, the 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 significance of the moment with the Bears trading up to draft Justin Fields was pretty damn cool and it certainly made the experience worth watching and it made me tune into the Sox game longer because I didn't I felt like they were going and keep me in the loop of everything that was going on. So, I, you know, you trust those guys to lead you through that moment. And we're Sox fans first and foremost. We, Herb and I often joke, like, you know, it could be, set, you know, a meaningless game for, for some in September uh, for the White Sox, but we would take a White Sox win over, like, the Royals in September over a Bears victory. They only play, oh, yeah. now it's 
17 times they're going to play. But we always joke about that. We'll try to Sox win uh, in 162 over a Bears win in a 17 any day of the week. All, all the time. Yeah, because <laughs> those are very valuable. And they cause our mood to be different for a longer time. Like, yes. it's, it's like we know if we're watching the, and the Bears games, used to be shit. Like, other than there probably still are. I mean, we got a good quarterback, but, you know, I don't know if these guys can uh, coach him up. But, <laughs> like, we at the end, it was like, oh, this is more of a job. We got to do our job tomorrow because the Bears lose on Sunday. Then we're feeling bad all Sunday because we're fans. And then on Monday, we're like, oh, we got to talk about this now. Jeez, this sucks. And then Tuesday, we got to talk about this again. And then Wednesday, finally, we're moving on to the next game. But we're still thinking about the last Sunday. So, yeah, it has a lingering effect on us. Uh, so, yeah, being a Bears fan or being, you know, I don't, you know, I don't. I think I might have left being a Bears fan. So we'll see if I get oh, back. Wow. Um, it's much more dreadful when they lose mostly because of the lack of uh, games they have and how much a loss does count to their season. So, yeah, and uh, it's it's a relief. The whole city was just elated. Sox fans, Cub fans, Bears fans, everybody won tonight. I don't even know if the Hawks played, but they won too. <laughs> so it was a big night for that offense, and you know the fans who stuck around and watched that game and the fans stuck around at the park where they were looking at their phones watching the NFL draft, they certainly had a lot of things to, uh, to keep them distracted and keep them uh, out of their seat cheering with this White Sox offense, Herb. And we talked about Luis Robert and your mean Mercedes being absent from the game one lineup, but they were there showing out in, in game two. So let's talk about this offense. Uh, uh, hits 15 hits for the White Sox in game two against Detroit. Yes, uh, Timmy gets a hit. Uh, Luis Robert returns to the lineup, goes one for four. Uh, Yoan with two hits, including a home run in the fifth inning. Uh, Abreu with two hits, two RBIs. Uh, your mean with another home run tonight, uh, his fifth uh, in the fifth inning, and, you know, just crushed that one per usual. And uh, mm-hmm. Andrew Vaughn with three hits uh, in the second game. So that's big. Like, I don't know if he's going to be able to find himself in the lineup tomorrow, but Andrew Vaughn is making his case uh, to, you know, keep me in, Coach. Uh, I'm ready to play. Um, hey, I got a six, seven-game hitting streak. Uh, can I get some tick? And that's with, like, Please? getting a day off, like, in the middle of it. You know, I'm you know, still yeah. hitting. Uh, Liuri with two hits. He went two for four in the second game after getting the big uh, game-winning hit in the first game. And Nick Madrigal uh, was back after a pretty uh, lackluster performance in Tuesday's loss, Nick Madrigal getting himself three hits there. So this is more of what what, you, what we expect to see out of the Sox offense. But you look at Grandal, man. Um, he did draw two walks, but no hits uh, again for Grandal, lowering his batting average to 118. His OPS is at 571. But, uh, you know, other than that, we'll focus on the positive. But a lot of things to be happy about in this White Sox offensive output tonight. Yeah, and it seemed like when guys got on, the uh, batter was cognizant of that and moving them either along or in. Six for 14 with runners in score position, much more palatable. That is the way you do it. You're not supposed to be perfect, but going six for 14 is where right where I want them to be. That's exactly uh, coming through when you need to get these guys in. 
you match the performance of Dylan Cease with a uh, offensive explosion. And I like the last three guys, the seven, eight, and nine hitters combining for eight of the 15 hits. That's good to see Andrew Vaughn, Louis Garcia, and Nick Magical. Two of those guys should be regulars with Vaughn and Magical. And once you get Adam Eaton uh, back, I think he didn't start the first or the second game. Uh, in the second game, he got suspended because of the uh, Cleveland dust up a couple of days ago. So <laughs> he was uh, appealing that and he had to serve it today. So usually you'll have have probably Vaughn and then you know if Collins is in there and then Magical uh at the seven, eight, and nine. You want those guys to come through, maybe not to this level, but it's really good to have that bottom of the lineup complement the top of the lineup even this day overtake uh, them as far as production. So it's good to see. It's maddening, though, still, though, to me, when when you have your mean Mercedes not playing in, in both of these games. Like, you know, they had the day off on on Wednesday because of rain and you're only playing seven inning double headers uh but you know it's it's hard to complain about this when they won both games but when you have a, a guy who's as hot as your mean Mercedes is and you don't have him out there for more opportunities it's it's baffling to me that home run uh exit velocity of nearly 111 miles per hour uh he hits it uh, 449 feet there um so Up in the shrubbery in the shrubbery um so I think I'm gonna go get uh, some uh, Germinator burgers from Freddy's on 31st uh, and bring him in for lunch uh, today. Today? Yeah. Oh, are you, are you, you interested? You want a single or a yeah. double? What yeah. do you want? Give me a single. <laughs> All Give right. me a single. Just a single. Okay. All right. Trying to stay f- uh, fit for the summer. Yeah. Doing uh, great. But I just it's a white boy right summer. I don't know if you heard. It's going to be a white boy I, summer. I've heard. So it's no. Don't worry about your physique. My guy, Chet Hanks. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> My youth. Um, yeah. I, but to speak to your point, I think I'm going to use what you talked to me about in the first uh, for the first game recap. When you're saying where Tony likes to put these guys in like Leary, like Jake Lamb to give them a little spark. Hey, you do something well in this game. Like Lurie hit that two run single. And maybe later on it pays dividends because Lurie is a nice, valuable bench member who's got enough time and some success in the season to see some um, to see some pitch hit rolls where he can come through. And maybe that's the same thing he's thinking with Jake Lamb, who did a good job in the first game yesterday and came through for the White Sox. So you have to sit somebody down. Didn't want to sit Jose Abreu down, made him the designated hitter and had Jake Lamb at first base for the first game. I didn't like it at all, and I 100% agree with you. Yuri Mercedes should be only be sat down when he asked out, or you see he's a little winded, or he's real run down because the uh, first year, this is first year playing every day, and his first year being in the majors, so maybe he'll be run down and hit a rookie wall. But other than that, pencil in the lineup is the designated hitter, and sometimes maybe give him a catcher start. What the fuck? You know, is he that bad as a catcher? Um, they haven't played he, him at all. I think he is. Um, well, you've seen what what Zach Collins looks like, and that's a guy who supposedly they put the work in with. Um, you know, I mean, he's got a no hitter, so I don't want to be too hard on Zach Collins. But yeah, I agree with you. Uh, we'll take a quick time out. We'll tell you what's coming up next week as we put this week to bed here on Locked On White Sox. This episode of Locked On White Sox is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. Built Bar, it's the best tasting protein bar ever. 
Quick health update here from yours truly. Uh, Last time we touched base, I was down about eight pounds due to my new training and health regimen where I've given up a lot of the sugary treats that I used to enjoy and I've replaced them with Built Bars. And I'm down from eight pounds down down to 11 pounds pounds here on my fitness journey since February. So I'm very pleased at the success I've been having and it's all thanks to Built Bar. And granted, it's not only Built Bar. Built Bar doesn't make you lose weight, but what it does is it gives you a high protein snack with less calories. And if you're a chocoholic like I am, they're perfect because they are always covered in 100% chocolate. And I ordered my latest batch. It came in the mail last week. Herb ordered some for the office and that's come in so clutch for us at at work and at home. As a matter of fact, do what I did. Sign up for the Built Bar email blast and they'll tell you when one of your favorite flavors returns. For example, tonight I got an email about how coconut brownie chunk returned. It was one of my favorite flavors. They sent me a, a box of them just to try them out. And by the time I went to order them a couple months back, they were already sold out. So Built Bar sent me an email, said, hey, better get them before they're gone. And that's what I did. I went to Built Bar's website and ordered up 18 of the coconut brownie chunk. They are so delicious. A whopping 15 grams of protein and only 150 calories with just 7 grams of sugar. Uh, Part of my latest batch that I ordered as well, Cherry Barcia cookies and cream peanut butter brownie a new one that i've tried i thought it would be too heavy it's not it's 180 calories and check this out a whopping 19 grams of protein and only five grams of sugar to me it doesn't get much better than that satisfies the sweet craving and keeps you full keeps you energized and keeps you held down until your next meal go to builtbar.com today and use our promo code locked 15 and that's going to get you 15 percent off your next order again that's builtbar.com promo code locked 15 for 15 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Built Bar, it's the best tasting protein bar ever. All right, that does it for us. Uh, an odd week for us. But, you know, it's not how we would have liked to time it. That uh, that washout on Wednesday night really, uh, you know, putting us in a tough spot here where we're kind of jamming shows in here at the end of the week. But our week has concluded here for Locked on White Sox unless something uh, improbable happens there's no hitter or something historic and we'll break in during the weekend but as we look ahead to this weekend series the uh, Cleveland Indians are coming into town Herb and uh, it's going to be a, a, a good one here on Friday night tonight it's uh, going to be an appointment viewing with uh, Dallas Keuchel going uh, 1-0 with a 4-3-2 run run average against Shane Bieber who was uh, electric in his last start against the White Sox he's 2-2 two two with a 2-4-8 earn run average so uh, Monday show week we'll do a mailbag as we're one to do we'll recap the weekend series versus the Indians we'll talk about anything big picture that may be lingering uh, right now Lance Lynn is listed as the probable starter for Saturday he's one and one with an 092 earn run average so I'm looking forward to Lance Lynn getting back out on the bump and it should be uh, the White Sox should be able to keep this thing rolling uh, there was a minor stutter step uh, during Tuesday's loss, but uh, so far things are looking pretty good for the Sox. So we'll recap the weekend and uh, tell the folks how they can get a hold of us on the mailbag and the voicemail one last time uh, before we get uh, out of here for the week. And before I do that, I think, and just this is a guess, that we, the next time we'll be speaking to you on these mics, we'll be speaking about a Michael Kopech start. I'm Sunday, you think he's going this. Sunday at the, that's six days. If you go by my plan of six days yeah. rest, you know, so. Yeah. It, and I think that, yeah, he'll be out there pitching for the White Sox. So give him that six days rest and maybe 
uh, on Saturday for 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 Lynn. Maybe he's not ready to come off the D of the IL now. So that's what I'm thinking. We'll see a Kopech start either for Lynn or G Little not being hurt. You know, just pushing them aside so they can get Kopech out there to see exactly what they have in this guy. So for Chris Tannehill, my name is Herb Lawrence. Three one two five six six eight seven two seven is the way you can reach us for Locked On Sox voicemails. And LockedOnSocks at gmail.com is our email, so you can hit us up for Mailbag Monday. So for Chris Tannehill, this is Herb Lawrence. Thank you for joining us on this Friday, beautiful Friday morning, where we swept a doubleheader from the Detroit Tigers on Locked On Socks.